Welcome back to Lockdown Spurs on the Lockdown NBA Network, and I'm your host, Jeff Garcia. Well, your San Antonio Spurs, they had a big lead over the Houston Rockets. Things were looking bright until the second half, and it all fell apart. Spurs dropped a game they had in their hand in Houston. And, uh, well, we're going to be discussing that. What are some takeaways from last night's debacle in the second half? And also, Bryn Forbes, he was part of that debacle. Now it is a team effort, and the Spurs collectively did a bad job in the second half. But Bryn Forbes basically went ice cold in the second half after starting off super hot in the first. And basically, putting the spotlight on Forbes. Has he earned enough? Has he done enough to get himself a brand new contract with the Spurs or not? To do that and more, I am joined by Zach Escamilla, Spurs Zone contributor. Zach, look, Spurs fans are probably waking up still a little bitter from how things ended last night in Houston. You look at what happened, total collapse. They lose by a point. They had the game well in hand, and then uh, play four quarters of basketball. Zach, when you look back at last night's loss, what is your first takeaway? Well, my first takeaway is, Pop went away from what was working uh, well in the first half. And my second take is, uh, well, I guess my second take is, I guess what goes around comes around. Uh, you know, the Spurs, you know, they they came back uh, against the Rockets from a big lead and, and won the game, and, and the Rockets returned the favor. So, I mean, to me, those are the main two things that I saw last night. Well, let's uh, start off um, with um, what you said right now about Pop going away from what was working. What do you attribute that to? Is it just simply him just falling back into his patterns? Do you think that maybe it was something where, you know, hey, he felt the game was well in hand and he wanted to give some guys a burn? You think Marco Bellinelli hadn't really played that much in games leading up to the Houston matchup, played nine minutes, did a score basket, went over for the entire game. I think it was over five. And that did not help the Spurs maintain a 25-point lead at one point. Is it simply just that the lineups are just a mess right now? I, I think that's a huge part of it, Jeff. The lineups have just been absolutely atrocious. And it seems like when he does find something that's working – the minute that he pulls those guys, and listen, I understand, you know, players need to get rest. But, you know, you know when, he, when he pulls, uh, let's just say, you know, when he had, you know, Lonnie Walker, Derek White, you know, Patty Mills are out there with, with Rudy Gay and Jakob Pertl. You know, they're out there doing their thing, puts in Aldridge, DeRozan, and, <laughs> and Marco at one point. It, it, the lead just evaporates, and and it's something we've seen all season long. So this isn't a a small um, sample size here, Jeff. This is something that's becoming a trend now. And again, mm-hmm. going back to what I just said, I understand guys need rest, but it almost seems, you know, to go to the start of the third quarter, you know, why do you come out with your starters in the third quarter, uh, and and see your lead dwindle away? It just doesn't make sense to me. Wouldn't you want to start the, the second half on, on a good foot, go with those guys that helped build that lead for you uh, to extend it maybe? 
then give them some rest. Again, I, I know I'm not a coach, but it's one of those things to where it's it's really frustrating when you're seeing Pop put in these guys and they're just simply not very good. They're they're just terrible on the defensive end if if we're going to pinpoint what they're terrible at. You know, yeah. we, we talked about it on the podcast with two shots. You know, we, we talked about the Spurs not being a very good defensive team. You know, they rank, uh, I think, in the mid-20s in terms of, yeah. you know, their defensive rankings. So when you got guys in there that aren't very good at playing defense, and as much as I hate giving credit to the Rockets, Jeff, they're, they still got some guys that can put up points in a hurry. Yeah. And um, the Spurs just went cold. Yeah, the, the, the Spurs simply uh, just did that. Now they do play four quarters of basketball. And you look at what uh, after the game, what some of the players had to say. I'm paraphrasing here. You have uh, Lamarcus Aldridge saying exactly that they went cold, and then he leads that up with saying it's just bad timing. Okay, fine, Lamarcus. Um, you look at a guy like Demar Derozan, who just said that they kind of slacked. No, they didn't just kind of slack. They slacked. They didn't. They lost the focus. And what got me, and I'll start my take, uh, Zach, is this, is just that beyond the X's and O's, beyond the stats, beyond the box score, just that, that mental fortitude, that toughness to say, you know what, we're up 25, we're putting in on this team, let's come out in the second half and let's just break their neck. And I don't see that fire from them. I don't see it. I saw a team collectively wilt away under the pressure. You look at what a guy like uh, Russell Westbrook had to say after the game. He simply said, somebody had to come out, uh, he's talking about his team, and then just make and then get the win. And he said, and we did that. I don't see that type of fire from this team. Um, I was praying for another overtime. I would have loved to have taken that. At least that would have given the Spurs another chance to get a W on the road and beat the Rockets. But they didn't even do that. Uh, poor execution down the stretch. Uh, horrific shooting. Let's talk about the shooting now, Zach. They went from looking like they cannot miss a shot, including uh, Bryn Forbes. We're going to talk about him later. To 26% in the second half collectively, Zach. That is unacceptable. Yeah, um, most definitely. And, you know, the Spurs are a team that, you know, Ironically enough, even though they're really bad at defense, they're actually pretty good uh, from a numbers perspective at offense. I want to say they've ranked top 10 in the NBA in terms of points yeah. per game. So you're good at something, right? So let's let's try and focus on the positive. If you're good at putting the ball in the hole, um, great. Let's at least focus on that. you got a big lead. Continue to do what you do and that score. And when they couldn't do that, Jeff, you know, the ball just wasn't going in in the second half, and you mix that with a, a team that plays bad defense, and it's just not its not a shock. You know, they couldn't afford uh, to go on a cold spell, and that's going to be the case uh, the rest of the season with this current group. If they plan to compete, uh, they're just going to have to simply, um, and I know it's obvious, and I've said it before, they're going to have to really outscore their opponents and, and jump out to some comfortable leads because you're going to have to compensate for not having a really good defensive team. You know, you're going to have to come out guns a-blazing every night, and last night they did, but the second half, I think they, they did get a little bit, you know, 
a little bit too relaxed, like you yeah, just mentioned. And, yeah. and it's it's sad, you know. It's like, come on, guys. It's the Houston Rockets. This is the team that, you know, was discrediting you, you know, saying your win against them was, was BS, that it didn't count. Yeah. They tried to protest it. And maybe that's why they came out with that fire, Jeff, but in the second half, they lost it. Yeah, you're looking at the offense that we're talking about right now. Uh, offensively, it was not a good game for DeMar DeRozan. Now, DeMar DeRozan just was DeMar DeRozan and just met his averages for the season. The Spurs would have won. But for the entire game, he goes 38% shooting 5 of 13. Not good considering uh, he is, I guess, the Spurs' best player offensively. Um, all and maybe even all around because I don't think Spurs really have a star player. Uh, so he fizzles versus the Rockets. Uh, we talk about the second half shooting, and it got even worse because you come out scoring in bunches in the first and second period, and then the Spurs go 17 points in the third, 18 points in the final frame, while the Rockets just flip the script. Uh, script and turned the tables on the Spurs, outscoring them, obviously, in the second half. Uh, this was eerily reversed from the first meeting. It was the Rockets that had the big lead, and the Spurs came back to take the W. And now it was flipped. The Spurs had the big lead, and then the Rockets came back to take the W. Uh, you're right, Zach. If this team is going to do anything, they have to gonna do it offensively. Now, barring any trade, that's the only way I can think they can – fix their defense because roster wise it's atrocious defensively but if they stick with this group for the rest of the season they're gonna have to go back to old school aba george gervin doug moe style of basketball they're gonna have to maybe dare i say try to be phoenix Suns of the day the seven seconds or less and just run, run get the scoring high zach your thoughts yeah, I, I agree 100% with you. They're almost going to have to take the – and I know people are going to, you know, bash me for this, but they're going to have to take that Phoenix Suns, Dan Tony-style offense that we saw Steve Nash running. And like you said, the the Doug Moe Iceman days where it was simply, mm-hmm. hey, just forget about defense, score, score, score. Don't even put any effort on defense. You're, you're terrible at it. Just go out there and try to outscore people uh, at will because, I mean <laughs> – defensively Jeff it's it's just really sad it, it it's like yeah. watching it's like watching a group of third graders trying to play uh you know a high school team a varsity team it's it's pretty bad when we're trying to watch and, and when play the, defense out there right and when the Spurs uh probably could have used the boost in the second half on both ends of the court pop did not go to Lonnie Walker at all I don't think he I mean he Barely played what a few. Lonnie minutes. only played ten minutes. Jeff, he was he only yeah. played ten minutes, and he only attempted one shot. He did have some rebounds, um, but you know he. I mean, you know, Marco also played ten minutes, but Marco was zero uh, for five. And yeah. uh, I, I think uh, we all know uh, defensively. Not saying Lonnie Walker's Bruce Bowen right now, but we know he's definitely better than Marco. Right. It's like the same the same thing we would say with DeJounte Murray. Maybe DeJounte Murray's having a bad night offensively, but defensively he'll get the uh like got six to eight rebounds, a few steals, you know, um, you know, he'll do those other intangibles. Um, Marco doesn't really do anything. If he's not making buckets, he's not doing anything. That's what it comes down to for Bellinelli. 
Lonnie could have and should have gotten more burn than 10 minutes. That did not happen. And then the Spurs simply couldn't capitalize on James Harden having an off first half. He went, what, four for 17 for 23% in the first half. And they let him. Oh, Murray had him locked up, Jeff. Yeah. He had nine points in that first half. Murray uh, was definitely in his head. Yeah, exactly. We all saw the the potential scrap the the two almost got into in the first uh, quarter. Uh, But the Spurs could have capitalized on that. And that's when it comes down to that mental fortitude, that killer instinct. I don't see it from this team. It was magnified in the second half versus Houston, which leads me to this. um, Actually, two points here. We're talking about their offense a little while ago, and offense worth saying, okay, well, the Spurs are going to win. They're going to have to do it offensively because defensively they're trash right now. But at least through six games in December, Zach, their offense is starting to slip now. It's not just defensively. Offensively, they're slipping. Again, this is just a small sample size in December, six games. It's a lot of games to play. But through six games, the Spurs are shooting the worst in their field goal percentage 43%. They're shooting the worst so far in the month of December, 33% from the three-point line, and they're coughing the ball up at least a season high, 14.5 turnovers per game, and they're averaging the worst net rating right now at a minus 6.5. Everything slowly but surely, at least through the month of December in comparison to the first two months of the season, are starting to slip. That is not a good sign, Zach. Oh yeah, I mean, if the one thing that you're you're good at, if you're not good at it anymore, I mean, <laughs> you're not yeah. going to stand much of a chance in the NBA if yeah. you don't do at least one thing well. So, and you know, Jeff, you kind of just want to harp a little bit more on Lonnie Walker, but not too much. Do you think that perhaps he only played ten minutes because Pop was looking out for him? Maybe he was still hurt from the Mexico City game. That, that, that could have been it, and I definitely can see Pop taking that approach. He, we all saw how he was with DeJounte Murray, the minute restriction that went beyond 10 games. Um, same thing with Tony Parker. When Tony Parker came back from his uh, horrible sur- uh, injury and then surgery, same thing. So, yeah, I definitely could see that. Maybe the doctor said oh, he needs, they need to chill. And if that is true, fine. I get it, Pop. You know, save him um, and look future forward. So there's that. But I, mean, I, the... I mean, I'd like to give him the benefit of the doubt, Jeff. Like, I'm hoping that was the issue because other than that, I just think after what he did to single-handedly, you know, get the Spurs that W against Houston, yeah. uh, you know, last week, he deserved uh, to play so much more. So to me, um, the only excuse is Pop was looking out for him. But until Pop says something, I guess we won't know. Yeah, we definitely won't know. But uh, either way, you know, it was a bad loss all around. It, it really, in my opinion, I think that would have been a huge boost to their confidence moving forward because they have the Nets next. They have the Clippers again. They, you know, then they go on the road. And I think that would have been a nice little uh, foundation for them to build on. And again, keep them within striking distance of a seventh or eighth seed. I know there are a lot of Spurs fans that don't like that because they don't want the Spurs to become that mediocre team. They're rather than tank um, or get a, a not make the postseason just to get a better draft pick. But if, if winning and making the playoffs is the Spurs, then they hit themselves hard in the foot last night versus Houston. When we get back, Zach and I are now going to put Bryn Forbes in the hot seat and talk about him and uh, how he's been so far this season. 
Let's continue our chat with Zach Escamilla. He is a uh, Spurs Zone uh, contributor with me over at News for San Antonio. Zach, Brent Forbes, we talked about it in the first half. Uh, he, you know, looked like the Brent Forbes we know in the first half versus the Houston Rockets, six for six, perfect, 18 points. Everything he's shooting is going through. And then the second half, he didn't make a single bucket. He is in a contract year, Zach. Your thoughts, your evaluation of Bryn Forbes at this point of the season? You know, Bryn Forbes, Jeff, he, I feel like I've personally been victimized by Bryn Forbes. Uh, if you recall <laughs> back in the summer during preseason, here I was back then singing his praises, saying, oh, my goodness, the way this guy's shooting the three, you know, he's going to get a, a nice contract from the Spurs. Um, he's their best three-point shooter. Spurs might prioritize him over DeRozan. I was saying all sorts of crazy stuff that now if I look back on it, I'm quite frankly a little embarrassed. But let, let, let me give him some praise for a moment. The You know, first half last night, he looked like preseason Bryn Forbes. He looked like the guy that I thought he would be for the Spurs. And I thought, okay, cool, Bryn, you know. But the one thing I've noticed about Bryn this season is he's a little bit like Marco. He's he's hot or cold. Now, now he doesn't get as cold as Marco, but that's typically been his M.O. this season. He He's either on or, or he's off. And uh, I'm looking at the box score here. And if you didn't want if, – if somebody just opened this box score this morning, they weren't watching the game last night, they look at his stat line. All right, 29 minutes, 6 to 12 from the field, 50%. That's solid. Ooh, 6 to 9 from 3. That looks pretty solid too, you know, that you're going to take that any night, uh, 18 points. But then when he realized, what, 16 of those 18 points came uh, in the first half and he didn't hit anything in the second half, you know, it's the tale of two halves, you know. It's like, yeah, that's great you showed up in the first half, Bryn, but in winning time, he didn't show up. Yeah, he, he didn't show up at all. And uh, as of right now, Zach, at this point of the season, I don't think he's earned enough to get himself a new contract with Spurs, but the Spurs could maybe look elsewhere. Uh, look, I'm, I'm pretty sure, he, you know, there's a, there's a lot of uh, games to play, so maybe he'll turn things around. But uh, he just not, has not been looking good so far. That inconsistency uh, from the outside shooting, it, it's just too much as of right now. Uh, you look at some of the numbers right now, he's fourth in the, uh, on the Spurs uh, roster and three-point percentage at 36%. Um, he's first, uh, uh, he's best among the team as far as the three point makes, he makes about 2.3 per game and he's first in attempt 6.5. That is what he does. But defense has been an issue this season. He doesn't fit the bill in that aspect. Now this may, this may shock you. I, well, maybe it won't Zach, but let's see how you take this in the last three games, Zach, when it comes to the second half shooting. He's only made one basket in the last three games in the second half. That's it. He's gone over from the three-point line in the second half in the last three games. And he's only made one mid-range shot. That's all he's done. That, that does shock me, Yeah. I mean, that, I mean, listen, I knew it wasn't pretty, but that's really bad. That's really bad, yes. Uh, I ran the numbers. Um, in, the, he, in the last three games, that's the, that's the sample size. He's only made one shot from the mid-range in the second half. 
He does phenomenal to start, but he doesn't close. And I think the Spurs uh, cannot afford to have a player that is going to be doing that moving forward. Uh, if he gives the Spurs a hometown discount, maybe, sure, why not? But if he's looking for a payday, I don't think the Spurs should give him that payday. Zach, too soon to say, or at least for me to say, you know, call it a day with Bryn after this season? I'm done with the guy. I mean, he, he's, he's a great story. Um, you know, he had me fooled there for a minute, but, you know, his true colors are showing right now. I mean, maybe he'd be best served as, uh, you know, a guy deep on the bench that can come in, uh, you know, put up some threes for you. But the role he's in now, is it, it's not for him on the Spurs or, or any NBA team, I'd say. Um, like, again, he definitely has a role in the NBA, you know, but on the bench, uh, deep on the bench. He, he shouldn't be someone that's getting heavy minutes right now. Uh, I'm thinking like a Steve Kerr, end of his career type role, come in and try to hit some threes when you really need it, but that's it. <laughs> um, so for me, Jeff, um, it, it's not even a matter of, you know, money at this point. Uh, it's just a matter of, I don't, I don't know if he really fits this team uh, and what they're, they're trying to do right now. I, I think maybe Pop's playing him because he's trying to, you know, try to get uh, some trade interest. And I really think maybe, and, and this is, I know this is a stretch, but what if he's playing Marco saying, okay, maybe he has a good game. Maybe I can increase his trade value. I don't know. Maybe. But then again, Jeff, the Spurs do some pretty wacky things when it comes to players. I mean, we've got the $21 million man, <laughs> Damari Carroll, sitting on the bench, another DNP. And this isn't a slight at Damari Carroll. It's just he... Uh, Spurs gave him that contract. He hasn't played much at all this year. And he's getting paid $20 million over three years to ride the pine. So I would love to get paid like this. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, you could pay, I mean, literally, uh, you want to pay me, you could pay me, uh, you know, I think half of that or a third of that. I'll be fine. Exactly. So, I, you know, I don't know what this team is going to do because they hand out some pretty wacky contracts. And, uh, you know, I'll never forget the Rosho Nesterovich contract, but, hey, I digress. That was a long time ago. All I know is this front office, for all the great things they've done, they've also made some very questionable moves. So when it comes to Bryn Forbes, God only knows, Jeff. But if it were up yeah. to me, uh, see you, buddy. Yeah, as of right now, that is my opinion. Obviously, that can change. You can, you know find the light and, you know, change things around and be a little bit more consistent as the season goes through. But as of right now, I think the Spurs should be and maybe are better served looking elsewhere and maybe reusing that money to find somebody who is a legit 3 and D guy who's not going to be buried on the bench like uh, Carol is right now in next season's uh, uh, offseason or maybe even during the trade deal. You know, things can definitely change. But we're going with a roster as constructed at for this recording of Lockdown Spurs, and as constructed right now, defensively, that's the Spurs. That's the biggest issue right now for them. And Bryn Forbes doesn't fit the bill in spot situations. He, he's definitely good for that. If they need a timely three, out of timeout situations, maybe to start the game as he did. Hey, if, if his if he's good for one half, then you use him for that. But if he's gonna suck in the second half. Then maybe get let Lonnie have those minutes. Let Derek get a spike in minutes. Um, so there's ways to work around that. And I don't think Pop is have been doing that. Now, 
uh, we're talking about Bryn Forbes right now. Uh, according to cleaning the glass, last season he was well above um, you know the forty five percent range uh, from all aspects of the three point line behind it, whether it be dead on right corner, left corner. He was 40, 43%, 45% or better. This season, he's dropped into the high 30s in all those aspects. So his three-point shooting is definitely digressing um, as of this recording again. Hopefully, he can turn things around. Um, but yeah, so Bryn Forbes, as of right now, it looks like Zach and I are in agreement. We don't think the Spurs should give him that payday that he could be looking for. But, Zach, are you okay if he gives the Spurs a hometown discount? I mean, are we talking veterans minimum here, Jeff? What are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> He's definitely not going to want that. Uh, so I, I think I, I see where you're going there. All right. Uh, Zach um, and I will be right back. And I'm going to ask Zach a very big question right after this. Let's continue our chat with Zach Escamilla, Spurs Zone contributor with me over at News 4 San Antonio. Zach, huh, you can interpret this as many as in, in any way you want to. After last night's loss and the way they lost, was that the straw that broke the camel's back? Do you think that was it as far as, yep, that broke the Spurs back is something that had to be done. Blow it up, trade it. Or was it simply... That broke the camel's back, season is over, or that's it. You know, Bellinelli should never play again in a Spurs uniform. And was that a situation in any scenario where you felt that was it? The the bridge was done, it's broken. What was that? I don't know, Jeff. I, I wish I did. I mean, I there's been so many things that have happened this season where I think, all right, this is it. Uh, or the front office is going to make some radical change. Um, you'd think maybe after the loss to Cleveland, there would be some type of change. But um, I, I don't know if I'm just jaded at this point, but I, I don't know when enough is enough for, for this, this Spurs front office and coaching staff. And I don't even want to say coaching staff. I'm going to say pop. Um, I'm sure Timmy and Becky and, and Will, who knows what input they truly have. I mean, sure, maybe they could make some suggestions, but at the end of the day, you know, Pop's going to pop. And until Pop uh, decides it's time to hang him up himself, uh, I don't know if we're going to see any real change. Uh, I think this is just going to be, it is what it is. And, and, and that hurts me yeah. to say. Um, but I guess we'll just have to, you know, take it day by day. It broke the camel's back for me in the sense of how I view this team. Uh, I, you know me, Zach, uh, since um, you know, the beginning of the season, preseason, I've been the more optimistic. I've been saying, let them, give them their time. Give them their time to gel. It's going to happen. They're going to get things right. And I think it broke it for me already in the sense of I think this team, it is what it is that Spurs fans should not go on social media and act surprised if they get blasted by the Cavs in their next meeting in Cleveland. It should not come to a surprise if the Spurs beat um, the Kings, I mean, sorry, the Clippers in one day and then go out and lose to the Warriors in San Antonio. I think the Spurs team is broken. 
and it broke the camel's back for me as far as my my optimism, whatever I had left. And I'm still going to root for them. I'm still going to cheer for them. I'm, I'm hoping for the best, and I'm still hoping that they turn it around. But it broke a little bit of my hope that I had in this team of getting things together. They would. How many games have they played already? I mean, we cannot use that excuse of "oh, the season's young." It's not. It's no longer young. Game. Yeah, it's no longer young. Uh, we're well beyond a quarter mark now. This team is what it is, and it pretty much crushed me the way they lost last night versus Houston because I was rooting for them. I was sitting down watching them play, saying, where has this team been? This is the team on paper that should show up every night since day one of the regular season. This is the team. And then it, then it fell apart in the second half. So I think it broke uh, my spirit and it, uh, it broke a ton of my hope that I still have in this team. Zach, is that too overdramatic for me, or do you think it's spot spot on? I think you're spot on. I just, uh, you know, you you've been Mr. Brightside, man. You've been, you know, the one always looking for silver linings and optimism. Usually, I'm the the gloom and doom guy on this show. So if yeah. Spurs broke, if the Spurs broke you, Jeff. I mean, goodness, I I yeah. don't know what to say other than I guess. You know, welcome to the party, pal. You know, this is my job to claim for you this morning because, you know, I I know there's folks on, on Spurs Twitter or, or anyone that, you know, follows me that thinks, oh, this guy's just being negative. You know, he doesn't want to see the team do well. And I'm going to say what I've been saying. And, you know, there's – there's there's this whole, oh, if you want to see the young guys play segment that believes if you're of that, you you want them to tank. And that's just, that's not really the case. You know, remember in Guardians of the Galaxy when Ego was trying to tell Peter Quill, you know, about meaning and purpose, mm-hmm. you know, finding purpose in life? Well, you know, the Spurs, what is their purpose if they're going to continue to roll out the, these lineups? not play the young guys and get a lottery pick. And, 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 I mean, what a waste. I mean, imagine playing the young guys and competing. Like, let's just say there's a dream scenario. Pop plays Luka, Metsu, Kelda Johnson, Lonnie Walker. He gives all those guys extended minutes, and the Spurs make the playoffs as an eighth seed. <laughs> but on the tails of all these young guys, how amazing would that be to just make it with all these young guys, these first- and second-year players, have them get the playoff experience and then go into next year knowing, hey, we've got a squad. Or yeah. on the flip side, uh, you know, it crashes and burns, but we see some uh, we see some highlights. We get to see some flashes. And guess what? When they get that high draft pick next year, they're going to have all these young guys that have some uh, NBA minutes under their belt, and they're only going to get better from there. I mean, if Pop is truly the GOAT, then I think he needs to prove it by showing he can coach these young guys. And I know folks are going to be like, Zach, how can you say that? He's a five-time NBA champion, blah, blah, blah. But yes, yes, that's true. I'm not trying to discredit him. But, hey, he did have Tim Duncan and Manu Ginobili and Tony Parker most of his career. So, you know, it's not like they didn't have anything to say about that either. So, you know what? I think it should be a new challenge for Pop. Let's see the young guys, Jeff, because – what is the meaning of this season if we're just going to suck anyways? If we're going to yeah. suck, let's suck with purpose. And, and that purpose is 
develop our young guys in San Antonio and not in Austin. It's becoming yeah, a bad, bad joke, Jeff. Yeah, there, there's a joke. reason why. There's a reason why other, um, you know, top coaches in the league um, in the past, uh, look at Phil Jackson, um, you know, is considered one of the best ones. Not to say that, you know, he's not a horrific coach because he's a good coach, but there's a reason why he's going to coach a team with Kobe and Shaq or Michael and Scotty. You know, those, those players help. And uh, Pop, as you mentioned, you know, had Timmy, Manu, and Tony. And that helped. You know, look at a guy like Eric Spolstra. You know, he had LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, and Bosch, and he went on to win the title. Those guys are gone. He hasn't won a title. So, you know, all coaches go through this. It's going to happen. And this could just be Popovich's time, and as well as the Spurs franchise time, to really consider consider a, a, a massive rebuild. And I'd rather them rebuild now than later, um, if they're going to take that route. But at one point, they're going to have to look in the mirror and say, you know what? It's time. It's time. And, you know, LMA, thank you for your services. Uh, Damar, thank you for your services. Um, you know, but we're going to probably see what we can get from you guys. And it is what it is. And, uh, you know, but, but all, you know, if history is any indication, you know, Popovich and Buford um, and the Spurs as a whole collectively won't make major in-season trades. The last one was uh, for Austin Day. I don't remember how many years ago. So, and they won the championship, Jeff, after that trade. <laughs> <laughs> the Austin Day trade that made it all the difference. But nevertheless, uh, you know, if history's any uh, teacher, then the Spurs likely are going to stand pat. And that's not a good sign uh, if the Spurs want to, um, you know, make any type of noise. Um, you know, Popovich, you know, could stun everybody. And then, you know, we could be looking back at the all-star break right now and say, Hey, remember that lockdown Spurs back in December? We we're just counting them out. Well, we have to eat crow now. I hope that happens. That'd be awesome. You know, the Spurs. Got yeah. Together. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you, Jeff. I mean, if they end up turning it around and being like a one or a two seed, um, great. I mean, listen, yeah. <laughs> it's not like I'm sitting here at home thinking, man, I hope they lose this game. You know? No, no, I, I was not like that at all. When I was watching the game and I was I was cheering for them, I was rooting for them, I was jumping for joy, I was excited, I was happy. And then I was like, wow, this is the Spurs team that we've been waiting for. It's coming together. It, they finally clicked. And then boom, hopes dashed, hopes deleted, and they got the L. All right, Zach and I, we're done talking. We want to hear from you. What did you think about last night's uh, debacle in Houston? Uh, or your takeaways? Was it something uh, bigger that Zach and I missed? Or maybe there's something minor that we didn't see that really meant a lot as to why the Spurs lost in the second half. And what about Bryn Forbes? Do you want the Spurs to re-sign him after his performance up to this day? Or maybe not. Maybe it's time to move on past Bryn Forbes. Uh, Zach, how can they tell you their thoughts? You want to tell me your thoughts? Uh, come at me. Guns a-blazing. Go for it. It's at Spurs, Zach, Z-A-K, and uh, look for the baby Yoda with the Santa hat. There you and, go. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we can, I'll be civil. I can't speak for you, but I'll be nice. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'll be nice, uh, too. Um, I'll just simply just agree to disagree or just simply say, okay, because I ain't going to about getting that uh, Spurs Twitter. Hey, Jeff, like I told you, Spurs Twitter – 
first Twitter can be like Mose Isley Cantina. I tweeted it out yesterday. I said, you know, you'll never find a more wretched hive of scum and villainy, you know, just like Obi-Wan Kenobi said. So, you know, you got to you got you got to watch yourself, you know, on Spurs Twitter. You definitely have to. But uh, for me, you can follow me on Twitter at Jeff G Spurs Zone. Go to the Spurs Zone News for San Antonio Fox 29 San Antonio dot com. A lot of stuff when it comes to your silver and black. Even stuff that maybe get your mind off how the Spurs are playing right now uh, from Dante Murray's uh, new New Balance uh, shoes. Those are pretty interesting to check out. Uh, to what's going on in the G League and the Austin Spurs. How are the uh, Young Bucks looking? It's all there at the Spurs Zone. And subscribe to Locked On Spurs for the Locked On NBA Network. Give us a subscribe. We'll love that and we appreciate it. But for Zach Escamilla, I am Jeff Garcia. We're going to put a lot on this episode of Locked On Spurs. Mm-hmm.